Hey, and welcome to Spirituality and Tech. This is Matthew Patton, and it's time for Romans Road Week 4. This week, we're covering Romans 8, verses 24 to 29. But before we start, let's pray. Papa, thank you that you've given us this hope this hope that we will be made one with you as we walk out submission to your will and your ways. Just as Jesus did when he was walking the dusty roads and paths of the Middle East some 2,000 years ago. Help us to be the generation that sees that hope fulfilled because we shed the religious trappings of the past and cling to the truth of our relationship with you. Jesus, help us to walk as you did. Holy Spirit, guide us and help us to grow in trust with the Father that we might get to the point where we become mature children of God. In Jesus' name, amen. For this is the hope of our salvation. But hope means that we must trust and wait for what is still unseen. For why would we need to hope for something we already have? So because our hope is set on what is yet to be seen, we patiently keep on waiting for its fulfillment. And in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. For example, at times, we don't even know how to pray or how or know the best things to ask for. But the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully our longings, yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, his holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together for good, for we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his designed purpose. For he knew all about us before we were even born. And he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This means the son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. Hmm. That is good stuff, isn't it? All right. So, if you guys followed along with the meme explanations this week, this is the section of Romans 8 that we discussed. Becoming the fully realized children of God, resplendent in His glory, is the hope which Paul is referring to here. When we have achieved the fullness of that hope, then we will be changed. We will have been fully saved. 
we will be perfect image bearers of Jesus Christ. Let me, let me pause there. And this is the substance of the hope that our faith is based on. That we will become like Jesus. That's that thing that we must wait for because it's still unseen. After all, if it was already realized in us, why, why in, why in God's name would we need to hope for it, right? So we must keep waiting patiently. That's hard. I don't know about you, but I tend to be pretty impatient. I tend to be pretty darn impatient. Uh, waiting for things is not my forte. I don't know about you guys. Um, so let's slow down and remember that our faith is based not on what we have in our hands, but what God has promised. That being the riches of glory that are ours in Christ Jesus. That being us becoming fully mature children of God, fully realized and actualized bearers of the image of God. Hmm. will start to be so identified with Jesus that people will have trouble seeing where we start and he ends and vice versa. I mean, think about it. When you're dealing with a very close-knit family, sometimes you can't tell when you're dealing with a son or a father because the son sounds almost exactly like the father, right? I mean, this sort of thing, <laughs> when I was growing up, our, our dear grandmother, who's been with the Lord for almost 17 years now. Anyway, our dear grandmother, once my brother and I hit puberty, couldn't tell the difference between our voices over the phone and our dad's. Our mannerisms, our mannerisms were so similar and our thought processes were so similar because he's our dad and our voices were <laughs> pretty dead ringers. So that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about becoming so similar to Jesus that people can't tell the difference between us and how we act and how the Lord would act in a given situation. That's, that's pretty intense, isn't it? Pretty darn intense. But that's what we're called to. That's what the Christian walk is about. It's about becoming that kind of image bearer. Hmm. And, you know, even, and, moving on in the passage a little bit. Oftentimes, I don't know what the heck to say when I pray. 
I really don't. I know that may surprise some of you if you've had conversations with me. But oftentimes I feel out of my depth. A lot of the time, I have no idea what's actually best. So I have to lean on the Holy Spirit. I have to go, all right, Lord, I don't know what's going to be best in this situation. You do. And then let the Holy Spirit pray through me. In charismatic circles, that's what we call a prayer language. That's praying in tongues. That's that sigh too deep for words. And the Holy Spirit, because he lives in us and wants to work through us, right? Knows our desires, knows our situation, knows the Father's desires for each situation. And he intercedes with and for us through sighs and groans too deep for words. Like I was saying, that's a prayer language. And maybe those of you who are more evangelical than charismatic. Maybe those of you are uncomfortable with that language. I get it. Because that feels like you're not in control. Well, that's what this passage says. When we don't have, when we don't know in our minds how to pray what needs to be prayed, the Holy Spirit is there interceding for us. And sometimes that comes out sounding like gobbledygook. Because it's not rational. It's, it's not. Um, the reality of that is that the Lord designed that aspect of us. And he wants to fulfill it. He wants to fill in those gaps. Those, those moments where we don't know what the heck's going on. Those moments where even someone like me doesn't have the words. So the Holy Spirit steps in. And he takes our requests, our feelings, our desires to the Father and harmonizes them with the Father's will for us. Let that sink in. One of the persons of the Trinity and any language about God is going to be iffy at best. I'm not going to get into those weeds. But a person of the Trinity actually two persons of the Trinity intercede for believers at all times. The Holy Spirit 
and Jesus. Yes. And because of that, we can cling to the fact that God is always working all aspects of our lives together for the best in keeping with the Father's plans for us. Because God knows all things, he knew which of us would choose to be with him by becoming like Jesus, taking on his very way of life, his very image. This makes Jesus our older brother, our savior, and our exemplar. Let me, let me break that down for a minute, okay? In theology, in Christian tradition, there have been a handful of different understandings of what salvation actually is, what happened on the cross, what, Je what the purpose of Jesus coming and living among us was. One of the most popular explanations of this is called the penal substitutionary atonement model. That sounds really complex, doesn't it? Well, penal, that's talking about punishment. That's talking about someone needed to pay. And Jesus stepped up and in accordance with the will of God, chose to be our substitute to atone for us, okay? And atone just means to make as though one, to at one, okay? Because up until then, and up until the moment we accept his work for us, we are at odds with God because we have put our own desires first. Okay? So. Then there's Christus Victor, which basically just says Jesus won. The battle's over because Jesus already won. The war's over, Jesus already won. That's what the cross did. The battle's over. And then there's the exemplar model or theory of atonement, which basically says that Jesus came to show us the way. It wasn't so much about the sacrifice. The sacrifice was a thing. Don't misunderstand that. The sacrifice is definitely a thing, okay? But, but it was more about him showing us how to be. And that actually gets, I go into that model almost unintentionally in one of my songs. And if you've been around the Rumble channel for a while, you probably heard it. Um, I talk about how Jesus showed us the way to be. That's 
the exemplar model. So that basically means that through Jesus' work, through Jesus' example, we're empowered to follow that example by the Holy Spirit. And that leads to becoming one with God, becoming in some way one with God. How that all works, we I talked about theosis earlier in the year. That's theosis, that's Christification, that's deification, okay? But I've been throwing these really big words around. This passage talks about exemplar, talks about Jesus showing us how to be a child of God, how to live in perfect humility, how to live in perfect obedience to the will of the Father. And I wish I could really dive into this, but I want to keep these relatively short because they're just meant to be devotions, not full sermons or lectures. Okay. So, in learning to be a child of God, we start to learn how to live as Jesus showed us to live, in loving abandon to the will of the Father. It's not simply asking God to, you know, bless our mess, but actually submitting ourselves and our mess to Him and letting Him guide us through sorting the mess out. That's how Paul can say that he is convinced that every detail of our lives is continually being woven together for our good. For those of us who have been called to fulfill the Lord's designed purpose. And he knew that we would choose it. And he, and this gets into a whole, a whole different ball of wax. The whole Arminian versus, or maybe Methodist versus Calvinist understanding of things. But I don't really want to get into that. Let's just suffice it to say that God is omniscient. Okay? That's biblical. And that he knew, that he knew that some of us would choose this way. The way of emptiness. The way of humility. The way of obedience. The way of becoming like Jesus rather than doing our own thing, okay? And those ones of us who he knew would, cho would choose that way, he called, he called to us, and we heard the call somehow, 
so we became his his lovers because we heard his call and we received it and we've submitted to it that that's the key that submission that humility that obedience it's hard don't get me wrong oh it's hard but when you do it when you choose that way life gets better i'm not saying it gets perfect <laughs> far from it but it gets better and you have him walking alongside you which is a beautiful thing all right thanks for watching thanks for listening please like the like the video like the podcast share it comment down below or if you're listening to the podcast please reach out to me at media at techfreedom.pro um, I hope you're blessed and I'll see you guys around